The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio network. The NFL Scouting Combine begins on Tuesday. Things will kick off for the New York Giants at 10 a.m., when General Manager Joe Shane speaks to media in Indianapolis. I will be in attendance for that, so please come back to Big Blue View for for all of the coverage of Shane's remarks, for all of the coverage throughout the Combine, uh, draft prospect interviews, analysis, opinions, Work from Chris Flum and 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 Nick Filato breaking down the various drills. Chris and Nick will be podcasting as well, you know, during the combine. As will I, hopefully, bringing you as much uh, as much breaking news and, and and thoughts as I possibly can. Lots of questions for Joe Shane tomorrow. Everything from the futures of Saquon Barkley and Xavier McKinney with the Giants to where Evan Neal will play to Shane's thoughts on on the revamped coaching staff and some of the controversies about uh, you know uh, surrounding Brian Dable and the coaching staff this offseason. We haven't talked to Joe since the day after the season ended. So all of the Wink Martindale stuff and, and everything else with the coaching staff went down after we talked to to Joe. So his thoughts on that will be interesting. His his thoughts on on quarterbacks in the draft, on how the Giants might approach the draft, which he's obviously not going to give us too much information. Thoughts on uh, on free agency, on fixing the offensive line, on uh, new defensive coordinator Shane Bowen, and uh, and how the Giants might add pieces to the defense. So a lot to talk to Shane about, a lot to learn. When, uh, when I'm in Indy for the next few days, and, and hopefully you guys will stick with Big Blue View and, and, and stick with the podcast here as we give you as much coverage as we possibly can. One sort of disappointing thing for me already in terms of the combine is that head coach Brian Dable has chosen for the second straight year not to speak to media 
while he's in Indianapolis. That is his right. Coaches are not required to speak to media, and Dable knows what questions are coming. They, they're questions about Wink Martindale. They're questions about his relationship with Mike Kafka. Questions about whether he'll call plays in 2024. Questions about all of the reports of, of his volatility on the sidelines and his volatility behind the scenes and and how that impacts his assistant coaches. And, and I know he doesn't want to answer all of those questions. He will eventually have to answer them, though. I kind of wish that that he would step to the podium in Indianapolis on Tuesday and get that over with. I'm a little disappointed that he's not going to do that, but uh, but that's his prerogative. And so we will not hear from Brian Dable during during the combine in Indianapolis. We probably won't speak to Dable um, for a few more weeks. Probably not until uh, OTAs begin or the Giants hold a, a pre-draft press conference before the beginning of OTAs if if they do that. So we'll see what uh we'll see but it's but it's not going to be this week that we hear from head coach Brian Dable. But please, you know, come back to Big Big Blue View every day during the week. Come back to the podcast as we give you as much coverage from Indianapolis and as much coverage from the combine as we possibly can. All right. One of the things that I wanted to address today is the uh, the constant chatter that we've been hearing about the possibility that the Giants could trade up from number six to number three to draft one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft. There's been chatter that the New England Patriots might be interested or might be willing to move down. And I don't know if that is actually going to come to pass if I'm New England, I'm taking a quarterback there unless I absolutely don't like the third choice that, that I have in that spot. But uh, I think it would be advisable for the Patriots to stay put and, and take a quarterback. But if they wanted to move up, the Giants are in position to make that trade. 2018, the Jets moved up from six to three, gave up three second round picks to do that. The Giants have the ammunition to do that particular deal. Two second-round picks this year, a second-round pick in 2025. And usually, I always advocate in the big movie rules for draft success, I always advocate going after the quarterback that you want. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, and I'm of the opinion that, that no matter what you think of Daniel Jones at this point in time, the Giants are in a position where they have to begin to think about, they have to begin preparing for a post-Daniel Jones era. It's going, in my mind, it's going to take a really, really good season from Daniel Jones in 2024 for the Giants not to want to move on from him beginning in the 2025 season. With the sixth overall pick, with the draft capital they've got, with the quality of the quarterbacks in this draft, it makes a lot of sense for the Giants to, to add a rookie quarterback, whether it's at the sixth pick, the third pick, whether it's in the second or third round, wherever it might be, it makes a lot of sense for the Giants to do that, to at least give themselves an option 
with a young quarterback who could replace Daniel Jones in 2025. Now, the trade up to number three, I, I as I said, I always advocate for, for the move up for a quarterback for, and I always say, you know, no price is too steep if you're in love with a guy. If you need a franchise quarterback and you think there's a guy there you believe can be that for your franchise. So, you know, based on that, I would say, yeah, go ahead and make that trade. The hard part of that trade for the Giants, there's two actual hard parts for the New York Giants. The biggest one, the first one, is if you make that trade, then you go from pick three to pick 70 without making a pick in the 2024 draft. And you also enter 2025 going from your first round pick, wherever that might be, to the third round without a draft pick. So in this particular draft, you go more than two full rounds. You go 67 picks without the ability to add to your roster. As much as you can argue that that the Giants need that franchise quarterback, as much as you can argue that that Joe Shane and Brian Dable at some point need to take a swing on drafting and developing their own guy. The flip side of that is that there is pressure on the Giants to win in 2024, not to win a Super Bowl, not to definitively make the playoffs and make a deep playoff run, but there is pressure on the Giants to be better than they were in 2023. The 20, 2022 season went better than expected for uh, Dayball and Shane in their first year. 2023 season went worse than expected. The optics weren't good. The optics of the offseason haven't been good with the with the Dayball Martindale stuff, with the Dayball Mike Kafka stuff, with having to replace so many coaches on the uh, on the Giants coaching staff. The optics haven't been good. The feel of it hasn't been good. The Giants need to win some games. They need for it to look and feel better in 2024. Very, very difficult to to argue that they can make it better in 2024 if you're going to draft a quarterback at three, who's probably not going to be your starter at the beginning of the year. And then you're not going to be able to add any more draft choices until the 70th pick where you're not guaranteed to get a starting caliber player, where you may very well get a developmental offensive tackle, a rotational running back, a cornerback who could be depth you know, as a developmental player, a rotational defensive tackle. Very, very difficult to argue that you're improving the roster and improving your chances in 2024. So very difficult call for the Giants. I might be in favor, you know, if I'm if I'm absolutely in love with Jaden Daniels, and I do, I do love Jaden Daniels. I do think he has a chance to be a terrific player. I think Drake May has a chance to be a terrific player, but it doesn't really matter what I think. If Joe Shane really loves one of those guys and he thinks clearly that he stands above everyone else who's available, go get that guy. Fine. Take the the consequences, build the roster the best way that you can without those second round picks. 
and go forward and build around that quarterback. But if you're if you're not sure that there's that much difference between, you know, if it's Drake May and JJ McCarthy or Bo Nix or Spencer Rattler, if you want to look a little farther down the line, if you're not sure that there's that much difference, then take the wide receiver at at number six. Take Malik Neighbors of LSU or Romo Dunze of of Washington at number six. Get the big-time playmaker on the outside that your offense needs. And then maneuver if you have to to get McCarthy or to get Bo Nix or to get Penix or to get Spencer Rattler, whichever guy you know you think is the one in that in that theoretical second tier of quarterbacks that you really, really think you know has an opportunity to be a top tier starting quarterback in the NFL somewhere down the road. So really hard choice for Joe Shane, Brian Dable. Really interesting choice. Whatever they do at quarterback, I think they need to do something. And, and however they they do it, it it for me is franchise shaping for the next few years. Very interesting choice for for Joe Shane. I'm sure he's not going to uh, to to let the cat out of the bag on what he's thinking when we talk to him on Tuesday. But uh, you know, I, I find I find this to be a really fascinating choice for the Giants. The one thing that 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 I know for sure is if you look at those top seven quarterbacks, in my view, one of them needs to be a New York Giant in 2024. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, another decision that the Giants face and that I really had to uh, had to come down on, on how I feel about it recently is what to do about Evan Neal, the 2022 number seven overall pick who has really struggled in his first two years as the Giants' right tackle. Had an awful rookie year. Wasn't any better in a injury-marred 2022 season that began with a preseason concussion that cost him a lot of time and a nagging ankle injury that affected him for for most, if not all, of the season. And, And perhaps made it uh, made it impossible for him to really show if he had actually 
improved from his rookie year. I mean, all of the numbers, you know, and, and what we saw on the field wasn't any better in 2023. But uh, the fact that his season was so stop and start when so marred by injury, you know, makes it really, really difficult to know um, if he's just not a good player or if it was just a situation where the, the injuries and, and the stop-start nature of the season made it such that he couldn't really show any development. Anyway, as we know, the Giants have a lot of work to do, a lot of decisions to make on their offensive line. The first decision is where does Evan Neal play? Does he continue to get opportunities at right tackle, or do you move him over to left guard where he might be it's possible he's he's a more natural left side player played left guard for a year at Alabama played left tackle at Alabama you know i came down the other day in my sort of off season blueprint uh for the giants i came down on the side of giving neil one more opportunity to come to camp healthy and show that he can be the right tackle. Maybe new offensive line coach Carmen Brasillo working with him will unlock you know, some of the ability that the Giants thought they saw from Neil when they made him the seventh overall pick. Maybe being healthy, you know, coming off ankle surgery, if he can have a healthy training camp, if he can have a healthy season, maybe he takes the step fo- steps forward that the Giants were hoping to see in 2023. I certainly understand that argument and would understand if the Giants choose to go that way. In all honesty, I would understand if they moved him to left guard and and looked to free agency for a Jermaine Illuminor, for a Michael Onwenu, for for someone like that to to play right tackle. I would understand that as well. Uh, Giant left guard Justin Pugh, who's a free agent right now, spoke to Pat Leonard of the Daily News in a podcast recently, and he suggested an idea that that may actually be a good one. He suggested that the Giants give Evan Neal snaps at both left guard and right tackle throughout the spring, throughout the summer, and see where he's more comfortable and just play him at the place where where he looks and feels more comfortable. And I can I I can go along with that if you if you do a better job than the Giants did a year ago in giving yourself options on the offensive line, the Giants they kept Matt Parrott on the roster last year and didn't want to use him as a swing tackle when they needed a swing tackle. They cut Tyree Phillips and then had to bring him back whenever Neal was hurt. If what I would like to see the Giants do is 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 sign at least one free agent with with solid starting ability who also has guard tackle flexibility. Maybe that's Illuminor, maybe that's Anwenu, maybe that's someone who doesn't come to mind right now. Then you you look at Evan Neal, you look at at your combination of players early on in the you know, in the spring, in the summer, I'm not sure how long it's going to take Neil to recover from his ankle surgery and, and how soon he's going to be able to practice. But whenever he's able to get out on the field, look at him and see where he's more comfortable. 
and then settle your offensive line accordingly. For me, that's the other thing is I the Giants didn't settle their offensive line starting combination, the group they wanted to go into 2023 with until just days before the season opener against the Dallas Cowboys. And for me, as much as I appreciate and understand the idea of versatility and of, of cross-training guys at multiple places, offensive line is about continuity. Offensive line is about communication. It's about working together. It's about knowing the guy next to you. And you can't develop that if you if if you're still a couple days before the season, you don't know what your lineup's going to be. So I would like to see the Giants settle that situation, settle their five, and settle where they're going to play long before week one, by the, by at the latest by the middle of training camp, maybe early training camp. I think you get a pretty good idea of who looks like they move well and who looks like they can handle certain positions uh, by that point in time, you may not, you know, with, with players that have been around for a while with veteran guys, even, even with a, with a rookie draft pick, if you go that way, you can pretty much tell, I think by the middle of training camp, who belongs, who doesn't, who feels good at a certain spot and, and make your choices and settle your line. So I hope that the giants do that. Be really interesting to see which way they end up going with Evan Neal. But uh, as Justin Pugh suggested the other day, I can see the argument for for giving him reps in both spots early on and just seeing which one he looks more comfortable at. You know, as 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 Pugh indicated, you know, Neil said last season that he stepped out of the womb as an offensive tackle. And the reality of it is, in Pugh's words, he stepped out of the womb as an offensive lineman, meant to be an offensive lineman. So wherever he is more comfortable, then I think that's where he needs to play. I would like to see him continue to get an opportunity at right tackle. If it works out that that left guard is better for him and the Giants can get better value from him and get better play overall from the offensive line, if he's at left guard, then so be it. That's fine. All right, final thing I wanted to mention today was that the NFL on Friday afternoon announced the the salary cap for the 2024 NFL season, and the salary cap is a lot more generous than it had been projected to be. Projections had the salary cap sitting at $242 million for the 2024 season. The cap for 2024 is going to be 255.4 million. And that means that the Giants, who had been projected to have a little bit over $19 million in cap space, suddenly find themselves with more than 32 million in cap space. As I record this show, it's 32.862 million to be exact. And and what I wonder to be honest with you, as we as we enter the combine, as we as we are just a few hours away from talking to Joe Shane, as we're just a couple of weeks away from NFL free agency, what I wonder is if that will impact the way that the Giants negotiate with Saquon Barkley and with Xavier McKinney. 
We know that the Giants have been hesitant to give Saquon Barkley a big contract, and we understand the, the running back value and the running back market and all of that. But you wonder if the Giants may be on a two-year deal, and I've suggested you know, a two-year proposing a two-year deal of 20 to 22 million dollars, maybe with 14 or 15 million dollars of that guaranteed is kind of where I've where I've proposed a, a deal for Barkley. You wonder if maybe the bump in the salary cap would lead the Giants to say, you know, the franchise tag for for 2024 is 12.1 million dollars. Maybe we can go because of the importance of Barkley to our offense, to our team, to our fan base, to our organization. Maybe we can go to to, to twenty four million or to twenty five million on that deal and and get to get at least to the franchise tag value. Maybe you can get to to two years and twenty four million with eighteen million guaranteed, and that might be. You know, that might be more amenable to Barkley. That might be something he would be willing to accept. I don't know exactly, but I wonder if if that would loosen the purse strings on Barkley a little bit. And the same with McKinney. I don't really want to see Xavier McKinney become one of the one of the top five paid safeties in the NFL based on average annual value. I mean, that would put him above $16 million annually. And as good a player as he is, and as much as I'd like to see him be kept by the Giants, I've said that I'm just not sure that you can go there. But again, with McKinney, the the bump in salary cap, $13 million more than anticipated, leaves the option of, you know, maybe there's another million or two that you could sweeten the pot with. And whatever your offer is going to be for Xavier McKinney, I mean, if you added, if you added two million dollars in average annual value to Saquon Barkley's deal, and and another two million dollars to Xavier McKinney's deal, that still leaves you with eight million dollars you didn't think you were going to have to go out into the free agent market and seek other players. So. I'm curious to see, as I said, if the Giants will loosen those purse strings a little bit and, and how they might approach having that that extra money. So uh, lots of lots of stuff about to happen, Giants fans. The, uh, the, the, the roster building season with, with the combine here, with free agency getting closer, with the draft, you know, roughly, you know, roughly six or eight weeks away at this point. Things are things are getting really, really interesting in the NFL. Things are about to happen. Decisions are about to get made. And uh, please stick with Big Blue View for all of your coverage as we we keep you up to date on those decisions, on what they mean, you know, for the Giants entering the 2024 season. All right. Thank you for listening, Giants fans. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.